Hello, movie fans. I'm Lily Percy, and I'll be your guide this week as we talk with climate expert Chaitanya Kumar about the movie that changed his life, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. If you haven't seen this movie, don't worry. We're going to talk about all the details you'll need to enjoy the conversation. And if you've seen Eternal Sunshine, prepare to have your heart broken all over again. Change your heart Look around you Has there ever been a movie that captures the loneliness and heartbreak of love as well as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? When I think about this movie, I think about where I was the first time I saw it. I was on a date, actually, and it was going really badly. Um, But the movie itself was transformative, and it's because it's so raw and honest and vulnerable in talking about the reality of being attracted to someone who causes you pain, being attracted to someone who may actually not be the best person for you. My name is Clementine, by the way. I'm Joel. Hi, Joel. No jokes about my name. Oh, no, you wouldn't do that if you're trying to be nice. It uh, means merciful. Right, uh, clemency. Although it hardly fits, I'm a vindictive little bitch, truth be told. Gee, I, I wouldn't think that about you. Why wouldn't you think that about me? Uh, I don't know, I just uh, seem nice, so. Oh, now I'm nice? God, don't you know any other adjectives? I don't need nice. I don't need myself to be it, and I don't need anybody else to be it at me. The movie centers around Joel and Clementine, played by Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. And it's kind of a complicated plot to describe, but essentially the two of them meet and fall in love and then break up and then choose to go through this really extensive procedure where they're going to have their memories erased so that they no longer can think of each other, can even remember the relationship that they had. My name is Joel Barish, and I'm here to erase... Clementine Krishinsky. There's an emotional core to each of our memories, and when you eradicate that core, it starts its degradation process. By the time you wake up in the morning, all the memories we've targeted have withered and disappeared, as in a dream upon waking. Is there any risk of brain damage? Well, uh, technically speaking, the procedure is brain damage but it's it's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you miss. This kind of a, a bizarre and yet completely um, interesting plot could only come from the minds of Michelle Gondry and Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman, who brought us the insane being John Malkovich, and Michelle Gondry, who at that point was mostly known for music videos that were visually arresting and unforgettable. If you ask someone if they've seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and they have, chances are that immediately they let out a big sigh, because it's that kind of a movie. It's the kind of movie that every time you watch it, you learn something new about yourself, and about love, and about the film itself. You catch things that you never saw before. And it, it's a movie that changes you. And it changed the life of Chaitanya Kumar. It made him rethink the way we experience and remember love. I want to start with a, kind of a general question, but I know in just reading a little bit about your writing and reading about you, it seems like you are a big movie fan, and I wonder where your love of movies comes from. 
I think it's it's my general uh, sort of reserved nature. I spent a lot of time watching TV <laughs> growing up, <laughs> largely because both my parents are employees of the, of the Indian government and uh, they usually have the nine to five uh, routine. So I used to come back home at like two two thirty. So I had got a good chunk of time to like just do nothing so or watch tv um, which is what i did and i obviously it was started with cartoons then eventually sort of upgraded to films and i've sort of circled myself with friends who are also equally uh, into films and it helps we've in fact we started collecting films maybe i shouldn't say this on radio because a lot of it is pirated but <laughs> we've we've we collected you <laughs> <laughs> we've collected about 5000 films uh, oh between God. the three of us uh, growing up for over a period of 5 years i think uh, so i used to take care of like the sort of quote unquote English cinema. A friend of mine used to do world cinema, so anything but English. And another friend used to do Bollywood and local Indian cinema. Oh, that's so smart actually that you've divided it up that way. Very strategic. Yes. <laughs> so we we have this American hero here called Mr. Fred Rogers. I don't know if you know Mr. Rogers at all. Uh, drinks a bell, but no, not really. So he was a, a children's uh, television host and he also just was like this amazing educator of children. And when he won his Lifetime Award at the Daytime Emmys at the big television award show here in the U.S., when he was accepting his award, he asked the audience to think about, to take 10 seconds and think about everyone who's helped them come to where they are, you know, who's made them who they are. Hmm. And I'm not going to ask you to do that, but I, I do want to kind of steal from him a little bit and ask you to think about the first time that you saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And just take 10 seconds to think about where you were, how old you were, everything that was going on when you first saw that movie and how you felt. Sure. So what memories came up for you right now? Well, I clearly remember when I saw it. I was 21 mm. um, and it was right after a day at university. Um, came home, had put, <laughs> again, I shouldn't be saying this as a post, had put the movie on download the day before, given how slow the bandwidth was back in the day. Uh, and by the time I got home, it was done. So it was ready so for me. this is 2006. To like, 2006, yes. Yeah. Uh, the movie came out in 2004 and yeah, it was in 2006. Um, I mean, the first reaction was, as a premise of the film of erasing someone off your memory was... Mm mind-boggling. Uh, I'd never heard of that before and obviously just opens up a Pandora's box, the possibilities of doing that yourself. Yeah. Uh, so that obviously struck me and the second bit was actually coming out of the film not really understanding it. <laughs> because it's a bit uh, Gondry and, and Kaufman play with the screenplay quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, sort of cutting and slicing it, it in different ways. Uh, so and Charlie that Kaufman sense, had done Being John Malkovich so he's exactly, known for yeah. playing with your mind. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, in that sense, it was a bit difficult to sort of understand. But I immediately sort of related to Joel Barish's character uh, because it sort of sort of resonates a lot with how I am uh, in, in mm. reality. And that struck with me as well. So it was a clear invitation to sort of go back to that film the day after, watched it again, and I completely fell in love with it. And I've watched it at least 50 times. Mm. And I watched it again two days before this interview. So, <laughs> and, it, and I still love it uh, as much as I did the first time I saw it or well, the second time I saw it. Yes. 
So it's interesting that you related to Joel because, you know, he's someone who feels things so deeply but has trouble expressing them, right? Yeah. And through his relationship with Clementine, is she's kind of the one who says everything that comes to her mind. Yes. <laughs> if you imagine the film Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind as being part of certain era, we've sort of evolved from there uh, mm. in terms of how we perceive uh, and understand feminist values, for example. And Clementine's character was like the prototype for the magic pixie dream girl. Yes, you know that character stereotype. Mm-hmm. Massive stereotype. So I fell for that initially, but obviously I've I've grown over the years in some sense, and I've met my partner, who's I hate to sort of stereotype her in that, some sense, but she's also sort of helped me grow out of that obsession. Thank God. Like, they're not... Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. some Clementine is kind of batshit. I'm not going to lie. When I, I'm like, <laughs> why? Why? I mean, she's beautiful and adventurous and outspoken, and that's so appealing. But, like, long term, I'm like, why does Joel want to be with her? <laughs> yes, and um, the original script was extremely dark uh, yes. in the film. You basically have them erasing their memories probably twice. Um, mm. But the original script apparently had them erasing each other 15 times. So in some sense, it depicts the extreme fallibility of human beings in terms of just falling for that other person who's just the opposite of you in some sense again and again and again. That you can't uh, control that, right? You can't control that, yes. You don't tell me things, Joel. I'm an open book. I tell you everything. Every damn embarrassing thing. You don't trust me. Constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating. I don't do that. I want to know you. Hmm? I don't constantly talk. Jesus. People have to share things, Joel. Mm hmm. That's what intimacy is. I'm really pissed that you said that to me. I'm sorry. Again, that's something that's stayed with me for. for in fact, I, I use it as a theory in some sense, like opposites attract uh, in a lot of ways. But that doesn't mean you have to be opposite or likes don't, are not compatible. But in some sense, I feel like the right kind of conflict that one needs in life is provided by those opposites. And they sort of help you grow each other as well. Well, I hope so. Uh, at least that's what <laughs> me and my partner like to think, that we sort of help each other grow. Yeah. You know, like yourself, I haven't seen the movie 50, 50 times, I admit. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably seen it five. Um, and one of those times was last night. And watching it again, I was really struck by... Because um, every time you see it, right, you notice something else. And yes. this time I was struck by how much it captures loneliness. and But the loneliness of being a human being and the vulnerability of trying to be in relationship with someone else, of, mm -hmm. of opening your heart to them and how uncomfortable that can be and how awkward. And I just wonder what lessons you've learned from it, you know, as you've been watching it through these years. It's a question I've been asking myself, and I get different answers at different points. Um, but I suppose, again, when I watched it a couple of nights ago, the the thought I had was the, the idea, the, the, the beauty and the frailty of love uh, is something that the movie leaves me with, and our desperate need, in some sense, uh, for having it and desiring mm -hmm. it. And no matter who you are, and no matter what upbringing you might have, that there is a part of you that desires 
love from uh, your fellow human being. And I think that's that's universal. And the movie sort of captures it quite beautifully. Um, with the pathos of it, obviously, but also the conflict of it. That is also common nature. Um, mm-hmm. So we go through it. We put ourselves through all this um, horrible uh, conflicts and, and confusion and loneliness and all of that. But it, it almost feels like a necessary part of being a human in some sense. Mm. It kind of is what defines you as a human being in some ways. Yeah, it says that. Yeah, definitely. Random thoughts for Valentine's Day. 2004. Today is a holiday invented by greeting card companies to make people feel like crap. I ditched work today. Took a train out to Montauk. It's goddamn freezing on this beach. Montauk in February. Brilliant, Joel. I guess my chances of that happening are somewhat diminished, seeing that I'm incapable of making eye contact with a woman I don't know. Maybe I should get back together with Naomi. She was nice. So unlike a lot of movies, you know, where the characters or the dialogue are the things that are really memorable and stand out, and that's not to say the movie doesn't have really amazing writing and lines. I feel like mm. this movie is more about the mood and the cinematography and yeah. the world that you know the director Michelle Gondry and the screenwriter Charlie Kaufman create um, on screen. Right, it's about what you're watching and what you're feeling as you're watching it. And so I wonder, mm. what are the scenes that you play over and over in your head when you think about this movie? So there's one scene when they, f- at least in the film, uh, according to the film, at least the first time they meet. Or rather, the second time, let's say, and she invites him to his house. Uh, they have a drink. She's obviously very sort of flirtatious with him, and mm. says, "You know what? We're going to get married." And he he sort of gets up, is about to leave. She sort of hurriedly and excitedly pulls up the door, and basically says, "You should stay." No, I really, I, I have to get up so early. I would like you to call me. Would you do that? I would like it. Yes. Wish me a happy Valentine's Day when you call. That'd be nice. And the sort of beautiful guitar or piano riffs that sort of play at the back and this lovely sort of uh, dim light uh, of the lampposts in the nighttime and him just walking in the cold away and going home and very excitedly calling, <laughs> calling her back. It just captures that feeling of the excitement of first love and the excitement of like falling in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that was beautifully captured. I think that's one scene that'll always stay. And I keep crying every time I watch that scene, out of happiness, of course. But that's one scene. The second, I think, is... Um, I think, again, at the end of the film, when mm. both of them have a conversation um, on the beach, uh, on the steps, they're sitting down and, and having oh, a chat about... in Montauk, about, yeah. Yes, in, in, in Montauk, and about the fact that this is this is the last of their memories. This is it, Joel. It's gonna be gone soon. I know. What do we do? And he responds uh, again, and how he does it, but 
it just he just says enjoy it and it just seemed sort of cuts through uh, Clementine being Clementine jumping around uh, <laughs> trying to sort of play with the waves and Joel being Joel sort of has his hands in his pockets and walking yeah. next to her You married? No Let's move into this neighborhood I do sort of live with someone though Male or female? What? Female? Female? I'm not barking up the wrong tree. So you you talked about this earlier about how the original screenplay was a lot darker uh, for yeah. Eternal Sunshine, and I didn't know this until a friend told me um, to look up the screenplay that it had an alternate ending originally, where um, it was a lot sadder, far less hopeful than the ending we see in the film that was released, and it showed Clementine as an old woman going back to the doctor's office and asking to have Joel erased from her mind again, uh, yet again. We don't even know how many times it's been at this point. How do you feel about this, like knowing that this ending was originally part of the story and then the ending that actually ended up in the movie? Well, a part of me thinks Charlie Kaufman was on drugs or or (laughs) was intoxicated at that point. Probably true, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be absolutely depressing. can you imagine and the credits rolling after that and walking out of that theater? You'd just be like, <laughs> just just jump into traffic, just kill yourself at that point. <laughs> no, I think they did the right thing in terms of not dragging it uh, mm. all the way till they're old. Um, partly because that makes it more relatable to people. Uh, yeah. You don't want a cinema to play out the entire life as a possibility. I mean, some films do, I suppose, but taking a sort of a snippet, taking an extract uh, of that and then showing what life could be within that sort of boundaries, I think is is useful. It might feel way too unrealistic if that that was possible. And you would start Mm. asking ridiculous questions of like, oh, this memory raising business is just not possible. And Mm. then, you know, it's not credible and all of that. But uh, I fear if, if they did that, we might end up questioning the credibility and the premise of the film itself Hmm. uh, instead of enjoying some of the uh, human elements of that. It's interesting because when I first read that alternate ending, I actually thought, wow, I think the film's message would then for me be that we can't control um, who we're attracted to, right? And it's going to happen again and again because it's out of our hands. It's something that's like a mysterious combination of brain, body, chemistry, all these things. And so not not exactly that we're bound to repeat the same mistakes again, but just really that, that these two people were just so inexplicably attracted to each other that it happened again and again and again. Hmm. And and I suppose the, the question also is what, if, if it is genuinely out of your control, but it's like what they say about memory, like something's happened now, but your memory of it is slightly different than how it actually mm-hmm. happened. There's always something that sort of changes, shifts in your recollection of that uh, past memory. So if I'm so fallible that I keep falling for the same person again and again, surely I'm falling out of love for different reasons in some sense. Oh, or am I falling out of love for the same reasons? Yeah. That seems less plausible that I'd hate the person again for the same reasons over and over again. Um, and which makes it interesting, the fact that you can hate someone for several reasons over over your lifetime. (laughs) We're so complex, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And also fall in love for several reasons Mm. at the same time. Uh, And yeah, as you said, we're extremely complex, and I think that's something wonderful. 
Too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them or I'm gonna make them alive. But I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. I remember that speech really well. I had you pegged, didn't I? Yeah, the whole human race pegged. Hmm, probably. I still thought you were gonna save my life. Even after that. different if we could just give it another go round remember me try your best maybe we can so my producer Maya found your old WordPress blog, which is where she first <laughs> discovered your love of eternal sunshine so of a spotless mind. Um, she also found a post from 2010 where you talked about discovering uh, for the first time or maybe admitting for the first time online that you're a real romantic and another post where you wrote a love poem. And it, it just I can't help but read a couple of lines from it. I hope it won't embarrass you too much because um, it just feels so in tune with what eternal sunshine is about. Um, so you wrote, things have to change, they ought to be different, but in matters of love, there is no calculation. I have given it all again, but only to let go. And this time I need you a little more. And I wonder how this movie has shaped your own view of love, you know, the throughout the 50 times that you've watched it, how it's really um, maybe defined love in a different way for you. Yeah, I mean... One approach or one way of thinking about love that I've grown fond of over the years is the fact that love is a verb uh, mm. and not not a noun. So love is is in your doing, is an action. Um, and I think having seen the film twice now with my uh, wife, first time was when we just started going out. Uh, and if I can slightly digress, and I'll come back to this question. No, please do, uh, please do. Quickly, was one of the ways we came together was uh, me, and this is ridiculous, but me on a rooftop narrating pretty much the entire film to my <laughs> yet-to-be girlfriend back then. This was in 2012. Uh, and she was like, she sat there through the entire thing, obviously having not seen the film and thinking this guy is an absolute lunatic. But somehow I managed to sort of draw her into into the entire script and, and told her the entire story. And I'd like to think that was one of the reasons why she felt for me at some point. How could she uh, not? Come on. Could... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit too cheesy. But uh, sort of putting that aside, we've seen that film since then twice. The first time she didn't enjoy it at all. And the second time, which was a couple of days ago, she quite liked it. And I think us being able to see how our relationship over the last five years, we got married last year, but through the years, uh, how our relationship has also sort of changed, how the sort of the excitement of the butterflies in your belly of falling in love at the first stages, you know, giving each other's gifts and not being able to hang up on the phone, mm -hmm. for example, uh, to points where we keep fighting all the time and, and you know, <laughs> realizing that why have we gotten married in the first place? This is a bad, bad mistake. And then again, falling in love. So the sort of peaks and troughs that you experience in life, the only difference, of course, is we don't have the option of erasing each other's uh, <laughs> memory. Uh, but I'm glad we don't have that option. And even if we did, I don't think we would take it. Um, 
but but yeah i think it's in acknowledging that it is a commitment it is work it is a verb and you have to keep practicing that art to sort of keep getting better at it Chaitanya Kumar is a senior policy advisor for the independent British think tank Green Alliance. Sadly, he no longer writes his blog on love, films, and life, no longer writes poetry, or at the very least is not releasing it. But you can still find his most recent writing on environmental world-changing stuff at the greenallianceblog.org.uk. On the next episode of This Movie Changed Me, we're going to talk about the dreamy John Cusack movie, Say Anything. If you want to check that movie out before the conversation, you've got two weeks, and you can find it streaming on Amazon Video, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Vudu. This Movie Changed Me is produced by Maya Terrell, Chris Hegel, Marie Sambalay, and Tony Liu, and is an On Being Studios production. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, and we'd love it if you'd consider leaving us a review, because that's what people really read. I'm Lily Percy. Treat yourself tonight and watch a movie.